This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. We study verse by verse through the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. Now in the assembly that was at Antioch, there were some prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, the foster brother of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they served the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Separate Barnabas and Saul for me, for the work to which I have called them. Then, when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. From there they sailed to Cyprus. When they were at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. They had also John as their attendant. All right, today we're starting another chapter in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 13. Let's go back to verse 1. Now in the assembly that was at Antioch, there were some prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, the foster brother of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Barnabas and Saul were also among the prophets and teachers in Antioch. Menaean, another one of them, was the foster brother of Herod the Tetrarch, you know, the one who had John the Baptist beheaded. Interesting how one became an unjust tyrant and the other a prophet and teacher in Christ's church. It can be easy to blame our upbringing or past for who we become, but God rescues individuals out of all kinds of upbringings and contexts into His saving grace. There's hope in Jesus. I've heard testimonies of people who were raised in atheist households and yet seemingly against the odds came to believe in and know Jesus early in life. On the other hand, some are raised in Christian households and turn atheist because they choose to reject Jesus, even in the most favorable of circumstances as it relates to their upbringing. Verse 2, As they served the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Separate Barnabas and Saul for me, for the work to which I have called them. Alright, so as this group of teachers and prophets were serving the Lord and fasting, Paul and Barnabas are called and set apart to a ministry work by the Holy Spirit. Now Jesus had told Ananias regarding Paul's call years prior in Acts 9, 15-16, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. And Paul accounts in Acts 22, 14-15 what Ananias said to him about his call from God shortly after Paul's conversion. The God of our fathers appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one and to hear a voice from his mouth. For you will be a witness for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. So Paul, in a general sense, knew he was to be a unique witness to all of having seen Jesus and of the things taught by Christ. Paul probably had a sense that he was to carry the name of Jesus before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. But the specifics in how this would look 
where he was to go and when he was to go wasn't necessarily clear. Here the Holy Spirit has a specific work for Paul and Barnabas to undertake. He makes this calling known to the church in Antioch, commanding the teachers and prophets from the church in Antioch to separate Barnabas and Saul for him and the work to which he had called them. Paul and Barnabas no doubt had their duties of service within the congregation in Antioch at that time. They were serving there among the people. The Holy Spirit is now calling them to be set apart for a specific mission. Receiving a call from God is twofold. In accepting and embracing a call from the Holy Spirit, one must also let go of whatever that call doesn't include, whatever would prohibit that person from living out that calling. Receiving a call from Christ is at its core a sacrifice. To take on something new, you gotta let go of something old. The new must replace the old. As Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. If we claim Jesus in our life, then we gotta make room for Jesus in our lives. He has to become the priority. He has to be the first love, the central focus of who we are and what we do. Hebrews 12, 1-2 exhorts us, Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Paul and Barnabas were called to separate to the work to which God had called them separate from what they were doing before to embrace what God had for them to do next. Why is it that Jesus says many are called but few are chosen? Perhaps many who are called aren't willing to consecrate themselves fully to God. They can't embrace the call because they aren't willing to make the sacrifice the call requires. Being introspective, I can ask, has the Holy Spirit given me a specific calling? If so, What's he called me to do? Have I been set apart to him for something specific? And was this call confirmed by the church? What sacrifices were required for me to undertake that move of God in my life? Have I remained faithfully devoted to Christ and his specific call in my life? If the Holy Spirit called me into a new season of work that required change, adjustments, new sacrifices, would I have the faith to obey? I think these are challenging and important questions for which we can wrestle. Verse 3. Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. From there they sailed to Cyprus. All right, so did the believers in Antioch send them away? Or did the Holy Spirit send them away? Yes. First and foremost, the Holy Spirit called and sent them away. But this calling was confirmed by the church in Antioch, who fasted, prayed, and laid their hands on them before sending them off. Now, I think it's possible for a group of believers to send someone off on a mission or endeavor without that person having had a legitimate and specific call to do so from the Holy Spirit. But perhaps it's also possible 
for an individual to receive a genuine call from the Holy Spirit that is not supported or endorsed by some in the church because perhaps they aren't in tune with what God's working in that instance. I think Acts 13 is an example of what's optimal and what perhaps should naturally happen when a church is operating under the direction of the Holy Spirit. God calls an individual or people to a work or mission. The local church confirms that call, supports it, and sends them off. Being part of a traveling Christian ministry, there have been many times when congregations have prayed and laid hands on us to send us off, so to speak, to our next destination. You see, when the church recognizes an anointing and call the Holy Spirit has placed on you, what an encouragement it is when they confirm that call and send you off with love and support. My local church has done the same for our ministry team. You know, it's nice to have the confirmation, the support and prayers of the local church and other believers. Now, what role do you think the church in Antioch played after they sent Paul and Barnabas off in dictating what they did and where they went? While the church in Antioch had, in a sense, sent them out, were they to be like controlling overlords regarding Paul and Barnabas and the work to which the Holy Spirit had called them? Paul and Barnabas maybe felt some degree of accountability towards the believers in Antioch. Ultimately, it was the Holy Spirit who had sent them out. And we will see the Holy Spirit himself will be the one leading Paul and Barnabas in the specifics of the work to which he had called them. Ultimately, they were accountable to God for the stewardship God had given them regarding their calling. Now, when Barnabas and Paul were sent off, the first place they were sent was Seleucia, a port city near Antioch. I guess you gotta start somewhere. <laughs> Why not the place down the road and on the way to other further places? This reminds me of one of our ministry's summer tours a few years back. We made it a few miles down the road to an adjacent city and our bus broke down. We ended up spending our first day of being quote unquote on the road at the bus repair shop in the nearby town. I remember my wife calling me like 12 hours into our trip and asking where we were. And I'm like, uh, we're a few miles down the road in Claremont. Uh, yeah, so the first official stop that year on our ministry trip was 10 minutes from home. All right, so after they were in Seleucia, they sailed to Cyprus. Let's keep reading. Verse 5. When they were at Salamis, they proclaimed God's word in the Jewish synagogues. They also had John as their attendant. This John was also known as John Mark, the same Mark who penned the Gospel of Mark. We learned last chapter in Acts 12, 25, that they had brought Mark with them to Antioch from Jerusalem when they had gone there to grant relief to the saints in Jerusalem they must have deemed him a useful attendant. Mark grew up in Jerusalem and saw firsthand many of the events in the life of Jesus. As well, Colossians 4.10 indicates Mark and Barnabas were actually cousins. Now at Salamis, they taught in the synagogues. You know, this was a great platform to share God's word. Paul would make a habit of proclaiming the word of God in synagogues first thing when he came to a new area. Beyond the convenience of the platform, and his desire to see Jews saved, Paul also seemed to be following a certain pattern in how he shared the gospel to the world. 
reflected in what he wrote, for example, in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul would typically share the gospel with the Jews first when he entered a new area. The open synagogue custom of the Jews would offer Barnabas and Saul many chances to preach. During the synagogue services, it was tradition for them to invite any learned man to speak to the congregation in relation to and after the specific readings from the Law and Prophets in that said gathering. Paul's pedigree, in his own words, included the following. Circumcised on the eighth day, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. Paul also said that he was educated at the feet of Gamaliel according to the strict manner of the law. This would have been viewed as a big deal to Jews in any synagogue, since Gamaliel was a famous and well-respected Jewish rabbi and a leader in the Jewish Sanhedrin. No doubt Paul's reputation and pedigree as a Pharisee educated under Gamaliel afforded him opportunities to expound God's word at synagogue gatherings. Paul would use these platforms to proclaim Christ to the Jews when he first came to a new region. i 
Great Commission from the Adams Road album Great Commission. The gate is narrow, the way is hard that leads to life and follow. Jesus, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and come after him Do not look back You've got to lose your life Renounce all you have for the sake of Christ There's no other way You have to die To your flesh and then he'll bring you back to life To live in Spirit, you will find you had to lose your life. If you leave your nets and boats, leave your families and leave your lands and homes, even your children for the sake of Christ. And eternal life In the age to come Lose your life Renounce all you have For the sake of Christ There's no other way You have to die To your flesh And then he'll bring you back to life To live in the spirit You will find to lose your life unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies it won't bear fruit now is the time behold now is the day of your salvation Got 
to lose your life Renounce all you have for the sake of Christ There's no other way You have to die To your flesh and that will bring you back to life To live in the Spirit you will find You had to lose your life you had to lose your life. You had to lose your life. That was Lose Your Life from the Adams Road album Great Commission.
This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Join us next episode as we examine Acts chapter 13, verses 6 through 12. Grace and peace be with you all.